just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. It's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year to think that we're going to beat the shit. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. Still sponsorless because I forgot to ask Justin who the sponsor was. So, oh well. I'm Jacob Krasno alongside my trusty co hosts, Sean Haspel and Allison Pratt. And this week we will be discussing the latest catastrophe in the world of the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> A game in which they led uh, until about three or four minutes left in the fourth quarter. They would lose to the Cincinnati Bengals to the tune of 30 to 26 and fall to two and four on the season. And uh, that was a tough game. It was a tough game watching Joe Burrow, who I love, hometown hero, connect with. What's his name? Jamar Chase on uh, what will probably become an infamous, an infamously bad play in franchise history. Honey Badger, who is a major fucking bum, missing a key tackle <laughs> <laughs> and watching Jamar Chase traipse into the end zone to uh, effectively end our season. So with that, I see in real you- time. I, Mike and I both said that had shades of digs. Like uh, it was, it was pretty just bad. Just like with I, the mischack, obviously the gravity is way different. Um, but just like watching it unfold and you're just like, fuck, like he's, he's clearly going all the way. And you're just like, how did that even happen? Honey Badger's a bum. Bradley Roby's a bum. Dennis Allen, Lord. I think Dennis Allen is a bum. I will get on that train actually. Um, I've now been watching football long enough to have seen Honey Badger let me down when he was at LSU, when he got kicked off the team, and now as a saint, as a washed veteran who can no longer tackle and um, hasn't made a play all year. So uh, I cede the floor to you two now. Um, I'd like to introduce a new segment that we'll be doing every week. It's a question we'll ask ourselves the beginning of each episode. And that question is, is Dennis Allen fired? Are you firing Dennis Allen, general manager, Allison Pratt and general manager, Sean Haspel? Like, am I, if I was the general manager? Or, or are you firing? Yes. Are you firing Dennis Allen? I mean, he doesn't need to be fired yet. I just feel like the writings on the wall about him in a long-term capacity like not being him as the cool kids say like he's 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 not the guy um yeah. i don't know if that's an overreaction sean looks like he doesn't agree but i just i don't know like we finally actually scored more than 20 points like in a way that wasn't like painful to do and then we fuck up on like what's supposed to be like the stable, the stable part of our team via Dennis Allen. 
Like that's not encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. Sean, you, uh, I know you have some thoughts that the, the, the script has essentially flipped in the last few weeks, um, which I think the cynics would say uh, we're finding new and interesting ways to lose, um, which is a symptom of a very bad football team, but uh, please elaborate. Yeah, no, for sure. So the first like handful of weeks uh, of the season, even in our wins uh, against Atlanta and Seattle, kind of the theme um, that we have like honestly discussed ad nauseum on this pod felt like Groundhog's Day was that all these games had like really similar scripts, like dumb penalties, crazy turnovers, um, bad offense, and defense that's been good enough to win all of our first like four games um, and bad special teams. But in the last couple weeks, the uh, the script has largely flipped um, under Andy Dalton uh, and even missing uh, our top three wide receivers. Honestly, four of our top five wide receivers for the majority of the last two games. Um, the offense has been good enough and put up enough points, uh, put up enough yards, controlled time of possession, um, flipped the field enough for us to win these games. The defense has been bad. And to answer your original question, Jacob, as to whether I, as a hypothetical GM, <laughs> would fire Dennis Allen, I, I – I definitely wouldn't fire him like midseason. That is like reactionary knee-jerk stuff that like bad franchises do. But yeah, I agree with you there. I, to we're not going to fire him midseason. Say that we can't like to say that I'm not concerned. No Saints fan who is like not delusional <laughs> wouldn't be concerned about. Um, Allen's just like viability as a good head coach um, or even like a decent head coach, honestly, to this point in his career. Um, And it's definitely worrisome that the defense, which is his baby, um, has kind of cratered the last couple weeks. And if that doesn't come around, then what are we doing? I, if you remember on our pod, I believe it was the one we discussed the CD deuce trade and part of my reasoning of why like to not, while I wasn't freaking out about it was that I'm paraphrasing here was that as long as DA was our head coach, the secondary would be solid to good because that's his baby. And the baby is not doing so hot right now. It's more um, like a garbage pail kid. Yeah, man. I mean, injuries like are an excuse, but like they're real, especially in like our specific context. I mean, Marshawn Lattimore is like a top five probably cornerback in the NFL. And like Chris Richard, a 
said in his in his media availabilities in between the Seattle and Cincinnati games that like you know like yes he's like a very good player he's like one of our best players but like no one player makes the defense like the defense is the defense but like Marshawn Lattimore allows us to do things on defense that we can't do otherwise like does Jamar Chase go off if we have Marshawn Lattimore on him I mean yeah like Justin Jefferson had a pretty good game against Marshawn but Marshawn bounced back last week and all of the the damage that Gino was able to do um against us the previous week was on the other side of the field and I mean Paul said Debo was like a whole other story but if Marshawn Lattimore plays in that game uh he's one of the best tackling corners in the NFL and so even if he get, does give up like a seven-yard hitch or some like a little slant or something, he's making that tackle. And we lost that game arguably because of missed tackles by our DBs um, and, and missed tackles on, on opportunities where the pass rush actually got home to corral Burrow on key third downs. And he escaped, uh, was able to throw some passes uh, for first downs and like a touchdown or two out of them and then had that long touchdown run and so, his rushing touchdown too was right. just like yeah infuriating exactly. and yeah we, we that was something that actually pissed me off about da sorry to interrupt you just no, no, like no. his commentary at um in the presser was more focused on like our red zone efficiency which was also bad like yeah. and certainly should be something that we point to as like something to work on but like i don't feel that he's even acknowledging like the defensive flaws that lead to losses, yeah. which I don't like. Right. Yeah. It's like when like we should have won yeah. despite the red zone inefficiency. Like right. Period. Yeah. The offensive red zone inefficiency. Yeah. And then because the defensive red zone inefficiency, right. like, exactly. when they yeah, they they scored when they got to the defense. So yeah. And so that's DA's baby. And if he like Peyton for all of his faults in and inability for a lot of his tenure to field a good defense until like the end consistently, like, especially during like that middle stretch and obviously the 14, 15, 16 stretch. Um, like our offense was never the problem under Peyton's watch. And like Pete Carmichael to his credit, the last couple of weeks has been in his bag, especially like with uh, his hands behind his back with like all the personnel absences we've had, but like, DA and and his guys, man, like the missed tackles, the blown coverages, like the pass rush has got to get going. I mean, we we did cause a little bit of pressure yesterday. I think it was three sacks and but uh, but uh, and a few more that we weren't able to finish. But that's on him, man. And um, and I don't know. Uh, it's definitely concerning. So. Um, We'll see. Hopefully, Marshawn's back in in a, like a couple weeks. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely highly concerning. Why is Bradley Roby on the team? I have never seen him make a like. I, can you name one play he's made in the two years? He's I think been he's had a couple team? moments. I think he's had a pick but or not two. This but year. No, he's had a bad year. Paulson Adibo, I think. I think his ankle's still messed up. Yeah, I mean, so let's think about it. He had a great rookie season. Um, and came into his sophomore year on the team. 
like it had an amazing training camp was like by all media accounts. And I think even like his teammates voted him the MVP of camp and like that juxtaposed to his play so far this season when he has been healthy is just freaking night and day. And so I, if we're to assume that like, training camp wasn't like a total mirage and these and the media and the and the team personnel and his teammates and coaches were just like completely full of shit and had no idea what they're talking about then like you just have to assume that his ankle like in injury and subsequent like failure to recover from it is contributing to his play both like in coverage and just like missing tackles and stuff and that's a shame and i think it's like a big concern that maybe like he's never right i mean you got to think he'll like be right again sometime in the future but like maybe it's a lingering thing that like he'll never be right this year um and that's really scary because um i mean the strength of our secondary is built around marshawn Lattimore and then having like a solid number two corner so um yeah man uh defense is big question mark but uh i think this new medical staff that we have is just like the meme from Scooby-Doo where they pull off the mask and it's just the same person underneath. Like yeah. you pull off the mask <laughs> and it's just the Oshner doctor again. Like literally the entire team, every starter has been hurt this year. Every single one of them, especially yeah. on offense. But how does that happen? Like do, do I need to pledge my firstborn child to like the beast do i need to make like a blood sacrifice for this to stop happening like it's not normal yeah i don't know i'm just yelling into the void um yeah to me dennis allen is the only way he survives this season is if we somehow win the division because i think that's the only way we make the playoffs now that the nfc east has probably three playoff teams in it two of which will be wild card teams so that really leaves one final wild card spot up for grabs and yeah. who knows what yeah, what, but the, the what rest kind of, of the scrum below like is either two and four or three and three besides the nfc east yeah basically. in the in the total nfc and like and besides this, the vikings who are this is going to sound like an incredible thing to say from a saints fan but I think the Falcons are the best team in our division and I think they'll win the division. They've been the most consistent so far. The Bucks, the Bucks aren't going to The Bucks are bad. So, yeah. So that's the thing. Okay. I really like our only chance to make the playoffs in theory is winning the South and the South is bad. Um, the Bucks are, are cooked. Like Tom Brady yes. is, is his, his magic has run out. He sacrificed whatever he sacrificed, his freaking family, his kids, his wife, to come back for this. Like, <laughs> they could barely score against the Steelers yesterday, and the Steelers were missing, like, all of their defensive All stars. of their defensive backs. Yes. All. Minka Tom Brady's more well – he's more well done than, like, a steak from Applebee's. Yeah. That's how which he is. But he can't even eat that with his weird diet, so he wouldn't even know what that is. So he's also like, just a shitty person, and I'm like living for how roasted he's getting. His come up right 
is going to be delightful. Did you guys see that video that went viral of like one of his teammates was like seriously injured during the game yesterday and all of the Bucks yeah. were like huddled around like praying for his his recovery or whatever. And like Brady was just like off to the side, like playing catch with a trainer. Like, what a weirdo, man. Like they, they couldn't like, score at all yesterday. And they had all their weapons. Like they had Godwin, they had Evans, like Leonard Fournette, like all those guys, and they are freaking cooked. Like, yeah. So the, yeah, the Steelers, not only did they lose three cornerbacks in the week leading up to the game, but they haven't had TJ Watt right. since like the first week of the season. This was the first time they've won without TJ Watt. Right. Ever. 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 And literally Trubisky came in, who yeah. is awful. Yeah, and Pickett's not good either. Like they, they I mean, lost the two bad quarterbacks. Like, that's well, the Spider-Man meme. It's like which was yeah, worse. Exactly. Like, <laughs> so so yeah, so bottom line is that like our as long as we keep pace with the Bucks in the next couple weeks, like we're still alive. Um, but your question, Jacob, like the original statement was that. DA has to win the division to make, to like keep his job. And like, so we have to make the playoffs to keep his job. I don't know if, I mean, like if somehow we do finish nine, if we finish nine and eight again, and like we miss the playoffs again, like he's not going to be fired. Like even if, if we finish eight and nine and like this, the team finishes stronger than they started. Like, I think it's all about like trajectory when you're talking like evaluating coaching, hires and stuff and so like if the team is rounding into shape towards the end of the year like who knows what the injury situation will be like then like da is gonna get another chance like yeah he's well I think liked, we have to literally have him, like lose but, out yeah and like give up like a top two pick so yeah that's the other thing which is something we, we should all playoffs. be thinking about in the next couple of weeks but like yeah the, to sean's point if if we do somewhere around 500, like it's not like there's like a hot coach that like we would want to go after either. Like, I feel like we interviewed everyone that would still be in like the carousel this year's off season anyway, unless he's a disaster the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, y'all know I'm a huge, huge bond fan. And like, I couldn't help but think about like, this is like when Sean Connery retired from the role, like the all-time great iconic face of the franchise. And then you replace him with George Lazenby, who is like on paper, a male model looks like James Bond, but he did everything wrong and only lasted one film. And then they just had to start from scratch. Like, I feel like this Dennis Allen is is the Lazenby of the Saints franchise. It's going to be a bunch of these games where one or two things doesn't go our way and we lose. Like I just I don't know that that's that that's like my gut feeling. Obviously, I hope that that's not how it plays out, but I am absolutely terrified that we are going to be like six and eleven or seven and ten with a top 15 pick and out of the playoffs and the pick goes to Philadelphia. I think if that happens, you have to fire Dennis Allen. But like, what good does that do? Like, that's not going to bring the pick back. Like, I mean, unless there's like, like, so I, I, 
a big pet, big, big pet peeve of mine. Like, and we've had college football debates about this, like back when like you and the LSU boys were like fire less miles is like that statement is like <laughs> never followed up by and hire who like, unless there's like a consensus fucking like bona fide upgrade, then like, I think like talk like that is just reactionary and like weird fan, like thick, like, like who would you hire? Who would you hire? Like that would be like a no question upgrade over D- DA. Mike McCarthy. I mean, do I want to hire Mike McCarthy? Is he like my dream choice? No, but I think he's better than Dennis Allen. Maybe. I don't know, know, man. Like I would, uh, I I mean, like you might be right, but I just feel like it's so premature to like talk like that. Like, I don't know, man. Like I did, I did have a, like a weird, funny moment though to think like what if the eagles flop again in the playoffs and decide to like make an aggressive move for sean payton former eagles assistant sean payton and they just like send our pick back to us (laughs) i mean i would would take it do it at this point oh absolutely but yeah i don't know um i've sounded like a real pessimist so far this year but like you two know that historically I haven't really felt that way. I've always been like pretty yeah. optimistic about the team, but I, this is a podcast about like being emotionally honest and like vulnerable about where we're at as saints fans and as like relatively educated saints fans. Uh, I, there, there's something about this team that just screams like we'll never get it together. Like they're making like really egregious errors, and then now, so they. I so now you agree agree with you only because I spend an equivalent amount of time having to watch the Giants, who are the literal opposite of that. Like they don't play well, but they find ways to win because they're incredibly well coached yeah. with like literally like wire hanger and like string as their roster. Like the besides Saquon, like. Yeah. Like and Daniel Jones is you could argue like not as good as Andy Dalton. Yeah. But he just like manages the game because they are well coached and like have good game plans and don't make stupid mistakes. And yeah. like they are five and one. What was really I think what crushed me the most about the Bengals loss was that we did look good for most of the game. Yeah. Like we yeah. looked pretty, I was like, okay, here we go. Maybe we are turning it around. We're not committing penalties. Like we're not turning the ball over. We're controlling the clock and we're fucking mauling them on the offensive line. And then when it mattered the most, like we had diarrhea in our big boy pants. So, okay. Let's like pause right there. I know like, like a, so, so much of like the dialogue in this podcast has been like, this team is like snake bit. It will never like turn around. Uh, DA is like Fugazi, like totally like he's cooked. So like what you just said though, is almost like evidence that like, that's almost like not true. Like this game, like there's evidence that like this team is like improving. Um, we cut down it's on the true. penalties like way like a great deal. Like in the first half, we literally only had one penalty and it was that like extremely questionable roughing the passer 
on Demario Davis that like Gene Steratore said shouldn't have been called. Yeah. Uh, oh, we, oh, it broke my heart to hear them validate every Saints fan's opinion that there was a bad call. I wish they would have just said it was a good call because then oh. I wouldn't. No, like, I love it. I love it when even like the like Pereira or Steratore or like who the fuck ever is like, oh yeah, bad call. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I'm like, see, see, this guy knows. Um, but. <laughs> So, and then like, we didn't turn the ball over. We won the turnover margin. Um, special teams played well, with the exception of the Gilligan Shank, uh, Gilligan Shank. But like, um, that was uh, Will Lutz is, is back. He like, I, I think he's been, he's what, like seven for seven the last two games. And like, I mean, did he miss against Seattle? I don't think. But he, um, his last miss was the double doink. And um like and that was like a major concern. Um, and like, yeah, special teams was good. Uh, we didn't put the ball on the ground, uh, caused the turnover. Um, Andy Dalton like has been sneakily efficient. Uh, I know it's a small sample size, but he's like one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the NFL um, the last couple games. Uh, yep. and that, he yep. played well enough for us to win the game. Without um, Michael Thomas. Without Michael Thomas, without Jarvis Landry, without Chris Olave and like Deontay Hardy for whatever that's worth. And like, in the red zone, that's when like your playmakers, your high leverage players are needed to make plays. And we didn't have our playmakers to potentially make those plays on in the red zone throughout the game and on the two minute drive. So, and in the four minute offense drive before that. So like, it's really hard to like be like, Oh, like all is lost. It's like, it's super frustrating. It's heartbreaking. Cause like we had that one, but like you could say we had that one in like, for like the three previous losses for the most part, this one even more so, but like, there's like a not bad team here. If we like, look, you have to squint and like rub away some shit, but like, there's like a decent team, like a nine. I mean, we and weren't even out of it at the end. Right. Exactly. We almost like, converted that fourth down. Like, yeah. Okay, well, I I like I made a note of this, but I like was didn't want to bring it up, but like fucking Eli Apple, like literally the best play he made all game was falling down and somehow yeah. not like I I wonder if he like fell down on purpose honestly because like you could have fooled me, but um yeah I hate that guy, but like the PFF grades like he was like the worst player in the game, um like he got cooked yeah. in the run game and. Uh, it's a shame that like we didn't connect on that Rashid Jaheed pass um, in the on the first drive because man that would have been that would have been really satisfying. So, I felt like he didn't touch um, the ball again after his touchdown. He didn't. That we we never used Rashid yeah. Jaheed again after that, which is questionable. Yeah, that was also Taysom Hill vanished from the game yeah. in the second half. Yeah. Um, so yeah, about that. So he had nine touches uh, from scrimmage, or uh, or he had nine touches in this game, which is actually only down from ten um, in the previous game. His snap counts decreased a lot, but um, uh, the the touches were about the same. He obviously passed more. Uh, he threw at the ball four times um, this week as opposed to just once against Seattle. Um, but like, if you really think about it, I mean you can't just like run the same pace and plays like week over week. I mean, they, these are the best defensive minds in literally the world. And like they watch tape too. So like they were ready for the taste and plays that 
uh, we ran the week before. So like we had to vary it up a little bit. Like that's why we threw the ball more. Um, and it's like one of the best run defenses in the NFL. So, but that being said, between, between Mark Alvin and Taysom, we ran for like almost like 300 yards or something like that. And Taysom's uh, averaging 11 yards a carry or something. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think he had over like, he had like seven yards a carry, I think in this game in particular, but, um, but yeah. So like credit to Pete Carmichael for getting creative in the run game and, um, uh, credit to the O-line for run blocking really well. Cesar Ruiz is like not bad anymore, knock on wood, but he's played like really well this season. Uh, the silver lining of 2022. We have I, not complained about Ruiz falling down on any plays. I mean, I think it's kind of a big deal that like our much maligned first round pick is like now like a like a solid to quality starter. That's like kind of a big deal. Like hopefully Peyton yeah. Turner can like follow in his steps, but um and then I don't know if you guys saw that like Andrews Pete is like hurt now again. Hopefully it's not serious, but um, they showed him on the broadcast kind of like, you know, rubbing his shoulder and now he has a his, chest quote unquote right, chest his pec area. And remember he tore his pec and missed the last 12 games last season. So um, I feel like if he yeah. tore his pec, like we would have heard it by now. Um, so yeah. we'll see, but uh, we might be without him. Uh, for a little bit of time, uh, which is unfortunate because, again, he's like for a guy who takes like a ton of shit and like deservedly so <laughs> for a lot of low lights, um, he's like a, a solid starter as well, especially run blocking. So, um, yeah, I mean, and that's the frustrating thing, like going back to the whole script being flipped, like our our blueprint for success this year was and was basically the same as blueprint for success last year before like injury apocalypse hit play like solid ball control offense move the chains like score like enough points to let your like suffocating defense like win the game for you and the beginning of the season the defense was playing well enough but the offense wasn't holding up in his bargain this past couple weeks, the offense has actually like stepped up, but the defense hasn't stepped up, um, and and that and that is frustrating. And we haven't been playing complimentary football uh, one way or the other this whole season, and we just got to like meet in the middle. Um, and the frustrating thing is that, like, like, and, and it's really like the question to me at least, like hanging over it, it's like, will injuries? allow that to ever potentially happen this season. So, um, man, and again, that's like kind of a cop-out, but it's like the reality. I mean, like we're missing like a whole bunch of pro bowlers, uh, like starting caliber pro bowlers. Like we're not the most injured team uh, in the NFL this year. Like just like I don't think we were technically last year, but when it comes to like impact injuries and like quality starters who were lost, like – I'm pretty comfortable in saying that like, yeah, we're, we're definitely up there. So, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. we need to go see King Kami and get some sensu beans so we can heal, heal our bodies. Deep cut reference. Yeah. Yeah. It's from Dragon Ball Z. Allison. I figured. Good show. You should watch it. Um, all right. Anything else we want to say? Any, any more, anything we want to, talk through before we move on to the Cardinals game? I don't think so. Just I would just win. like, yeah, yeah, we need to win that game. But before we get there, 
I would like to say that if you're one of the fucking posers that wore a Joe Burrow jersey or like a Jamar Chase jersey to the game in the Superdome, uh, go go back to Baton Rouge. You're not welcome. Not welcome in the dome anymore. Get out. Leave. Okay. Well, Sean, you kind of got my blood pumping a little bit. Like, maybe I'm starting to see things glass half full. And luckily, we don't have to sit in the stink of this loss for too long because the Saints play Thursday night in your stomping grounds in Phoenix. Play the two and four Arizona Cardinals. We are one and a half point dogs and a 45.5 over under. So, you know, a game where Vegas sees this as a game where both teams score in the the low 20s. Um, but given the history of Thursday night football and the fact that the Arizona Cardinals are a dumpster fire within a dumpster fire in a diaper in like a Bourbon Street puddle. <laughs> yeah, like they're horrible. We if if we lose on Thursday, then I think like legitimately you might have to talk about what to do with Dennis Allen because the Cardinals are terrible. They played the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle this week and managed three offensive points against one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, they're pretty bad. And uh, I do have to say, though, I kind of vibe with, with Kyler Murray a little bit because there's definitely some times where I'd rather be like <laughs> playing video. I'd rather be playing video games than, than doing anything involved with football. So that, of course, is the knock on Murray or the rumor that uh, he plays Call of Duty too much. Yeah, and, uh, someone did a statistical breakdown. Like when there's a like a Call of Duty drop, his uh, like on a weekend, his his like stats. Like, uh, go down. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two coming out. Isn't it coming soon. out? Comes out uh, November 10th. Yeah. Oh wait, no, I'm sorry. That's the old. Is there a new Modern Warfare Two? Did they it's run not out? Very of modern games? anymore. Um, well, anyway, there's a new one coming out, so hopefully he's very distracted by that um, and or has become uh, hopelessly addicted to Genshin Impact or Fortnite or some such game. But what do you all think? Look into your crystal balls and tell me. Well, DeAndre Hopkins is back. Yes, DeAndre which Hopkins is, is back. Unfortunate timing if Lattimore will not be, which I believe he will not be. Yeah. Um, but that team is bad. Um, on all accounts, like I have nothing good to say about them. Um, so I don't really think that that can uplift like a, the despair that they're in enough. But yeah. But I will also caveat that with like the Saints, it Kyler is mobile enough. It gives shades of like Mariota in Week One. Um, he runs around like a little tiny like bug or something, like just the, he's like a little kid who stole something. It, yeah, his parents yeah, did. he's just like it's very weird to watch. But I think there's some of that that gives me pause. Um, for the defense to worry about, but the offense should have no problem um, executing 
just regardless of who's back from injury. But I do think we're optimistic about Alave being back. Maybe. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Well, he he just needs to clear the final phase of the concussion protocol, which is clearance by an independent neurologist. Correct. Yes. Um, so once that happens, and it, supposedly he didn't have lingering symptoms last week, yeah. they let him do some football activities, and he wasn't on the injury report today. Um, he was listed That's, as limited yeah. towards the end of last week, but he wasn't in it at all this week. So I do think Chris Olave will be back. Um, Fortunately, Mike and Jarvis won't be uh, by all reports, and um, Marshawn won't be as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Cardinals are bad, and they're banged up too. Uh, Marquise Brown is going to miss this game and be out for a few more weeks. He had been their best offensive weapon this year. Um, I bet you're glad you didn't trade for him. Fantasy, Jacob. Yeah. <laughs> you should have given me Hollywood I, Brown. Oh, I, I tried. I should have given him to Yeah. You tried, you tried, and I resisted much to my regret now. Um, but uh, he's out, and um, they're starting left guard, Justin Pugh, just towards ACL. He's out for the year. Um, they uh, they get D-Hop back, but who knows what his chemistry is going to be with Kyler Murray on a, a short week of practice. On Robbie Anderson, um, the disgruntled former Carolina Panther, who was probably sad that his college head coach, Matt Rule, got fired, um, got shipped out to Arizona unceremoniously today for some, like, shitty picks. Um, he's a talented player, obviously, but how much, like, of the playbook is he going to have installed on a short week? So um, There's no way he plays in this game. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're – You didn't distract my dog. Sorry. Their offense is, is definitely um, neutered quite a bit. Um, and uh, But, yeah, Kyler Murray, uh, he's he can be tough. He's, he's struggled this year, but um, he's running the ball really well. I think he had like 100 yards on 10 carries against the Seahawks um, last week. But, obviously, we uh, we know from experience that the Seahawks struggle with the stopping quarterback runs. So, um, hopefully, our defense – will be up to the task of slowing him down, even though they um, themselves have struggled with mobile quarterbacks recently. We did do well against Kyler last time we played him. Was it 2019? I think, um, but maybe 2020, I think it was 2019, but uh, that was his rookie year. And our defense has, uh, as we've discussed on this pod, regressed since uh, their heyday of, of even uh, last year ago. So, um, yeah, containing Kyler uh, is going to be probably the biggest task, and uh, not letting nuke go nucle- nuclear um, is going to be the biggest deal. So, uh, got to survive somehow without Marshawn there. But um, yeah, I mean, I think our defense will be able to move the ball, score. Um, I envision a. You think the defense will be able to move the ball? Oh yeah, sorry. I think our offense will be able to move the ball in their defense. And score, um, getting Chris Olave back, knock on wood, I think it's going to be huge. And uh, I think we'll be able to run on them. And uh, I think Will Lutz kicks a go-ahead field goal to win the game 30-28. to 28. Mm, Destroying the over once again. Mm. Well, with our defense, it's certainly possible. Allison, yeah. would you like to throw out a weirdly specific prediction? Um. Yes. I 
just because I want this to happen, I am willing a defensive touchdown to win the game with like a strip sack of Kyler toddler Murray um, run back and scored for a final score of honey, honey badger redemption. No, he's trash. I think it'll be almost anyone else. <laughs> so I'll just say um, Demario Davis will do it. Um, and the score will be 27 to 21. All right. You know, I'm also going to predict that we win. Um, on the short week, I, I think, and with how poorly Arizona played in Seattle, I don't know if they'll play that poorly two weeks in a row. Um, I also think that with the way our offensive line has been playing, running the football like that travels. So I think that this is a, probably going to be another game that that hits the over. So, and I think we'll win, but I do think it'll be close. I think it'll be closer than um, than some Saints fans may think, given how bad Arizona has been. Um, I'll predict that uh, Jacob fantasy team saboteur, you know, Benjamin who stunk it up in my RB one slot this week will score a couple touchdowns, keep the Cardinals in it. Um, and uh, I, I think honey badger will, will get some redemption just because I talked shit. I think that he will have a game clinching interception Um while we're all having a heart attack as the Arizona Cardinals drive for like the winning field goal. Um, but the saints hold on to win 24, 23 because of a Tyron Matthew interception. So man, I'm not mentally ready for this to be in basically two days. <laughs> I'm ready to move on. I, I'm going to, I don't know. I just want to put that game in the rearview mirror and, you know, I think that that no, it's is, in the rearview mirror. I just I'm not ready to sit here and sweat for three hours. Right. <laughs> um, I think one of the reasons why me and a majority of the fan base has been impatient with the Dennis Allen regime is that I don't want to say that we're spoiled. I'll phrase it like this: We are now like a historically good franchise because of what Sean Payton and Drew Brees did for 16 years. And I think our standards have been raised and that combined with just like not having any patience for like the old ways of the bullshit of the nineties and the early eighties and the seventies and the sixties and every year that we existed before Jim Mora, um, we just don't want to tolerate that anymore. So that's how I would describe it. Um, Sean, would you like to ad lib, uh, boot crew media ad read, or just how about an ad read for anything? Hashtag not a sponsor. Daddy. Oh, Thank you, my dad read. Okay. <laughs> boot crew media. It's the, uh, New Orleans-centric media company for adorable bulldogs like Hank uh, and other cute pets and human people as well. So, Good Crew Media. 
listen to it, watch it, live it, love it. Big media. <laughs> Sean just did his best impression of one of those like generic live, laugh, wooden signs. Yeah. Yeah. The chief, the chief chuggy man. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Snooch to the nooch. All right. I'm deliriously hungry. So for Allison Pratt, Sean Haspel, I'm Jacob Krasno, and this has been Black and Gold BS, the Irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. Until next week, who dat? Who dat? Who dat? Who dat?